good morning, good afternoon, or maybe even good night, depending on where you may be in on the world today. Hello and greetings to each of you this day. I am your host of the Being Love in Action podcast, Kenya C. Williams of Kenya C. Williams Ministries. Listen, I'm a grace girl, a daughter of the King of Kings, and a disciple and lover of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to walk with me on today as I share a word of encouragement. So grab your coffee or or maybe have your tea with me while being encouraged, empowered, and even challenged as we learn through the gospel of Jesus Christ what it truly means to be love in action. Hello and greetings once again. Thank you for tuning in to the Being Love in Action podcast. It is always a blessing and an honor when anyone can come on to this podcast and they can listen and they want to listen. Amen. And I'm just grateful that you chose to take your time out um, and here come in, in, in fellowship with me in this way through this podcast. And today we're going to go back into our love series and the love series comes from second Corinthians chapter 13. And this series talks about what love is. So the what love is series, you know, we're, we're going back to that this week on the 18th of April, we talked about love always trust and May 2nd, we talked about love always protect. So if you want to go back and, and listen to those, you can go back and listen All of the episodes uh, for this podcast are available to you at any time. Amen. And so today we're getting back into that uh, series. And today we're going to talk about love always hopes. Second Corinthians 13 and seven. And the title of this episode today is called the hope in love. And the question is, how do you have hope in something that has yet to manifest in your life. Isn't that amazing? So today we're going to look at the story of Hannah. And the story of Hannah is one that brings uh, so many aspects of this particular topic. And for those who don't know the story of Hannah, you can find it in First Samuel, the first chapter, verses 2 through 28. And you can go to the second chapter of Samuel as well and and read verses 1 and 21. I always encourage my listeners to go back and to read it. Um, One of the things that this podcast does is to try to engage uh, men and women who maybe, maybe you are a Bible reader and maybe you're not, you're not familiar with the word of God, is to encourage you to go back to the word and begin to read it for yourself to see that God uses ordinary people and allow extraordinary things to happen through ordinary people who went through many trials and tribulations in their lives. But because of their relationship with God, whether it was directly or indirectly, they were blessed and they were able to overcome some of the worst tragedies and some of the great blessings in life that we today encounter. So again, I I always encourage because I think sometimes people don't understand that God is a true and living God. And the people that he, uh, work through were normal everyday people. 
um, many times with callings on their lives and they had no ideas. Amen. So let's jump into this story of Hannah. Who was Hannah? Hannah's name, first of all, means graciousness or favor. Amen. And Hannah was the first wife of Elkanai. Elkanai uh, was a man. He was, uh, it was said that his lineage was that of the priestly. Um, I'm sorry, that he was um, a, a, a Jew. He was part of the 12 tribes. Amen. And he lived in Ephraim, you know, when there was... Uh, the, the men and women of God, they were dispersed. Um, some of them set in different lands. Amen. And um, he was one, but he was also a man of God. And when I say he was a man of God, he worshiped the true and living God. Amen. He was not a pagan, but he was of Jewish descent. Amen. And so here was Elkan. Here was Hannah, who's naming graciousness a favor her husband, she was the first wife. And so remember culturally during this time, men were allowed to have different wives, more than one wives. And one of the things that culturally this was accepted because again, uh, the earth was being populated. And so they were able to have more than one wives because as many children, especially sons, you had then your legacy or your lineage was able to carry on. The sons were the ones who were able to inherit land. The sons were the ones who were able to inherit the riches of the father. Amen. So here was the first wife. And in those times, uh, the more children that you were able to have for your husband, especially sons, that was considered an honor. That was a blessing. So the women were all about making sure or wanting to be able to be considered a pleasing wife by bearing her husband children, but especially by bearing her husband's sons. And again, culturally, this was important because sons were the ones who carried on the legacy of the father. Amen. So here was this woman, the first wife of Elkanai. She was her name meant gracious favor, graciousness of favor, but she was not able to conceive. She was the first wife. And so he had to take on at some point a second wife um, in order to, again, uh, be able to have sons and daughters. Right. And so here was the second wife. Her name was Paniah and Paniah was a bully. She teased she teased Hannah on a daily. She taunted Hannah. She flaunted Hannah's uh, children in front of her because she, you know, she had sons. She bore and, and, and the reality of was that the reason why she really taunted Hannah, if we can be real, was because she was loved by Elkanah. She was loved and, and her name being favored. She was favored by her husband. But the reality was that she could, was unable to give her the thing that could keep her husband's name and lineage and legacy going. And so this woman, her her uh, her her wife in law or, you know, the the woman who she shared a husband with would taunt her on a daily. And every year they would go up and take a journey to Shiloh. And this journey uh, was something uh, that every year the uh, 
Jewish people, the, the, uh, the Hebrew descent, they would go. And this was the Festival of Tabernacles. So every year the family took the journey. And during this journey, each the husbands would give the wives a portion in order to sacrifice or give uh, to the Lord. So Paniah, of course, she was given an amount because not only was she his wife, but she had children. So he would give her a portion for herself, a portion for each of the children as well. And if you would think about it, that would mean that, you know, again, this journey that's taking place is not one that was exciting for Hannah because every everything around her was a constant reminder of her lack of not having a husband. I mean, I'm sorry, a child. And remember, we're talking about how to hope in something that has not manifested in your life. So now this woman who is daily being taunted by her husband's second wife and and the reality of her womb being barren is dealing with her every day. And it, and it spoke to the character of Hannah because it says that, you know, Hannah never really got into an altercation with Paniah. Paniah was mean and she was rude and she was ugly to constantly taunt this woman. So here, this journey or this festival, this festive moment that was supposed to be taking place in the lives of God's people was not a festive moment for her because it was again, a constant reminder. But here is the beauty in having a husband that loves you because see, it says that, you know, uh, Elkanai would give her a double portion. He would give her not only a portion as his wife and his first wife, but he gave her just as much as he gave the second wife who had children for him. My God in heaven, this woman of God would be, uh, 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 was, was being loved on even in the midst of her hurt, her depression and her anger by her husband. And yet the, the other woman, was still being ugly and mistreating her because see the reality was that when she was more angry not because Panaya, uh, Hannah couldn't give uh, her husband children it was because she knew that Elkanah loved her and she saw the way that he nurtured her he she saw the way that even though she didn't have any children that she was given the same amount as she did, and she had all the children. So how, how can we, let's look at the word hope, you know. The meaning of the word hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for something to happen. You know, and the synonyms for uh, hope would be wish, desire, dream, plan, agenda, method, recipes, means. So here is Hannah, this woman who's, who we're talking about Love always hopes who is in a hopeless state. She's in a hopeless state. If we look at it from the natural perspective, because her womb is barren, you know, culturally it is, it is, it is a wife's duty to produce children for her husband. And, and, and she's on top of, of dealing with her own self-esteem issues. Like many times as women, we have men have them too, but women, we have our issues, you know? And, and here she was dealing with the fact that, you know, she couldn't have children, but, you know, at the same time, she was still being blessed. She had a husband who loved her. 
You know, there are sometimes women, we have children for men, our bodies change. And there are some husbands that mistreat their wives when their bodies change. They don't, they're maybe not the, the size that they were when they first got married. And, and, and then they, they get bigger or they may suffer from postpartum depression. And there are some husbands that don't really take the time to love on their wives through these moments of hurt and pain. There are some husbands that leave their wives. Come on, let's be real. You know, one thing you're going to get on this podcast is the reality, real life situations, because the Bible deals with real life situations. This was a real life situations that could be any woman who is dealing with fertility issues or that have dealt with them. These are real life issues. Hannah was dealing with some things in her life that dealt with her personal feeling of being worthy. She felt worthless because she could not produce for her husband. So where is the hope? If it's saying that love always hope, how do we hope in hopeless situations or situations where it seems hopeless? And on top of that, we have people around us that are antagonizing us. Isn't that something? This was a woman that was her husband's wife. But what about in our families? When we're dealing with situations and family members knowing instead of encouraging us, they're, they're, they're using these, this situation that, that is a, already a tough situation to hurt you or to say words to hurt you or to bring you down. I see it all the time on social media as believers in Christ. We got to be very careful what we say when we say things out of our emotions. I see it all the time. Unfortunately, I see it all the time coming from leaders. And the reason why I deal many times with leaders, um, this this goes for all believers. But many times when God gives me a word that deals with leadership, it's because as leaders, we have an accountability. It's not that we can't be real. It's not that we can't be honest, but we have to be careful how we say it, because many times we'll say things that will come off as insensitive, because if we're real about it, we don't know everybody's situation and everybody's life background is not our life's background. We don't know what Panaya's background was in order to make her so bitter toward this woman who had no children. She had all the children, and yet she saw it in her heart to be malicious to a woman that was already dealing emotionally with her issues. You know, If we look at today's society, we look at the bullying that's taking place. People are committing, especially our children, suicide. And I believe parents need to be held accountable for the actions of their children, especially when they are bullies. They need to be involved in their children's lives. Amen. So here was Panaya. She was doing this thing and. She was 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 allowing her own insecurities to 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 literally um, destroy this other woman while she was dealing with it. Right. And so as she goes, you know, year after year, they make this trip to the Festival of Tabernacles. The families, all the Jewish families would do this. Right. 
But one year, Hannah decided enough was enough. I need God to hear me. There will be times in our lives that we need to stop and we're going to get sick and tired of being sick and tired of our situations and our circumstances. And we're going to say, God, I need to hear from you. There will be times that we got to lay out and stretch out to God. We got to pray until something happens. You know, there was a, 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 a movement at one time called push. Pray until something happens. I believe that that movement needs to continue. We got to pray until there is a release. And the story says that Hannah, one year, it says she went back to the temple after the feast and she cried out to God. It said that she wailed so much when she was crying to God that she couldn't get any words out. It was said that she was willing to God in silent prayer. And as she was doing this, I mean, you got to remember after after the feast had been done and everyone had eaten, she went back to the temple. Some of us need to go back to the house of the Lord. The enemy is attacking the church. So many times people are saying, I don't want to go to the church because the people in the church, they ain't right. Well, guess what? The people in the club ain't right, but we still go to the clubs. Amen. I, the people on our jobs are not right, but we still go to the job because we got to make that money. The people in the Walmart, the people in the grocery stores are not always right. And they are offensive and they do things to hurt us, but it don't stop us to, from going making groceries. Because we got to eat. So we got to go to the store and we got to make sure we're making groceries. Yeah, I know we're saying making groceries. Remember, I'm from New Orleans. That's one of our sayings. So, you know, if you're if you're you're listening and you say she said making groceries, what is she talking about? Buying groceries. But that's one of our our our, our lingos here in Louisiana, in New Orleans area. Amen. So we got to understand that when there is an attack on our lives and as believers there every day, I see people on social media saying, I don't want to go to the church. I've been hurt by the church. Well, they were not hurt by the church. They were hurt by people in the church. And we got to remember that there are people in the hearse like Panaya who are malicious and who are mean, but they are broken in the inside as well. We don't know what the story of Paniah was. I'm quite sure there was a background that made her the way she was. But we're focusing on Hannah because Hannah is the one that hope lives in, that hope in love was demonstrated. Amen. So here it goes. Uh, it says that she went back to the temple and, and it says that she began to cry out and pain. She began to cry and weep and mourn. But as she was moving her mouth's words were not coming out. Have you ever been there? Have you ever wanted God so desperately that you were praying and you were praying and 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 and, and crying so much that your voice you couldn't even speak? I mean, I know I've been there. I've been there many times. Oh, my God. Let me be real with you. I've been there many times and I'm going to continue to be in that place until God calls me home because I recognize there are desperate. There are desperate moments in my life that I need to hear from God. 
I need to hear from him every day. But there are moments and circumstances sometimes where I, 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 I've been through something and, and it seems like it's tearing and I need to know God to hear me. And so here was Hannah at this moment in her life. She went back to the temple when everybody else was wherever they were in, in, in those makeshift places while they were celebrating with their families and friends. But here she chose to go to the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you're connected to the rights ministry, there needs to be a peace or an atmosphere in the house of the Lord where you can go and pray at any time. One of the things that I love and I remember when I was working downtown in New Orleans, right on Carondelet Street before Katrina. Um, and I'm not Catholic. I was not raised Catholic. I was raised Methodist and then introduced to, um, you know, the Baptist faith of God and, and the different denominations. But I don't really get into denominations because I think it's a way that it separates us. Amen. But 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 I went to there was a church, a, a beautiful Catholic church around the corner from where I worked and many times. I would be drawn to prayer and I could go there. The doors of that church were always open and I would go in there and I would I would I would get in a place in that in that church and I would pray. And many times I would spend my lunch hour praying and seeking the face of God. And I tell you, those were some of the most beautiful memories, because in those moments, I didn't leave that church until I felt a release. And this was like the situation with Hannah. She was praying and it said that the priest Eli saw her and he thought she was drunk and he rebuked her. Isn't it amazing how folk will look at your life on the outside and they don't even know who you are in the spirit. They are judging you by on the natural. It says that he thought she was drunk. That woman wanted to hear from God so much. She didn't even care whether she was looking crazy to other people. She had an undignified prayer life. Oh my God, I need you to hear me this morning she had an undignified and what do I mean by undignified it didn't matter what she looked like or even what she sound like she needed to hear from God and she needed God to hear her cries have you been there? Have you been there where people will judge your walk with God based on where you are, but they have no idea who you are in the, in the spirit of God? Oh, can I encourage you while I encourage myself? Many have judged me. I've had somebody say, you, you know, not that you act like it, but it appears that everything is perfect about you. I said, my God in heaven, that is so wrong. I never profess to be perfect. I am a broken vessel that has been mended by the potter himself. I am a vessel that he uses and I understand the hearts and the hurts of people. Many times I'm harder on myself than even God the Father. Because many times I, I remember to look at myself. I tell you in the introduction, I am a grace girl. 
I understand that where I am is a result of the grace of God, not because I'm worthy. The uh, 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 the prophet Isaiah said it even on our best days. We are like filthy rags. The reality is too many of us get saved and delivered. We get ministries and we get well known and we begin to judge and condemn God's people. And we don't understand that the same measure we judge folk, we will be judged by. It breaks my heart when I see people who, who are on the fence of God or, or the church. And it takes a leader to speak something out of in their emotions that becomes an offense that breaks someone where they begin to spew at the church. Am I saying that as believers or leaders that we don't have a right to speak? Absolutely we do, but we have to be mindful that the words that we speak can either cut or they can encourage. I encourage you today to stop speaking when you're emotional. If you see a situation that's happening in the news, don't get on social media if you're emotional. And we have a right to be emotional because, again, you don't know other people's situations. See, Eli was sitting at the door of the temple and he saw this woman. So as a man of God, his, his mindset was to protect the house of the Lord. But here's the flip side of that. God says he, he came for all people, right? So Eli wasn't wrong, but he was wrong because before he asked the woman, was she okay? Could he help her? He went straight into judging her. I need you to hear me, men and women of God who are leaders. Stop judging people in the sense of not knowing what their story is per se, or, or just having compassion to understand. Instead of condemning her, he should have said, are you okay? But the first thing that came to his mind was that she was drunk. And, and I took uh, an excerpt from this book, All the Women of the Bible by M.L. Del Mastro. And, and here's what the excerpt said about Hannah. Here's what the conversation this is what Hannah reply was to Eli when he rebuked her. She said, all I was doing was pouring my deepest pain out to the Lord God, praying. Don't judge me to be some depraved woman because I'm steeped in misery and anger and praying it all out to God. Listen, God is big enough to handle our anger. He's big enough to handle our pain. He's big enough. But watch this. The man of God was big enough. He apologized, but also he blessed her by asking God for peace and granting her the desire of her heart. Watch this. Hannah went back to her hometown with her family and it says that she conceived immediately. Now, one of the things I, I didn't say to you that I'm going to say now and part of the prayer of God that that Hannah was giving to God she said, God, if you open my womb, the very child that you give me, I will give him back to you. I want you to understand, people of God, 
and I need you to hear me. God says he will give us the desires of our hearts, but God will never give you something that will take you away from his presence, that will take you away from his purpose, and that will take you away from his love for you where the very thing that you desire becomes an idol. See, this woman desired a child so much, not just for selfish reasons, but she wanted to honor her husband as well. And it said that she conceived immediately. And that year that she conceived when her husband they and the family went to make the pilgrimage again for the festival of tabernacles. It said that she did not go. She said, I need to wait to wean the child. And she named the child Samuel. And we know Samuel was a prophet. He was one of the prophets that served David. And it said that she said, I'm going to wean him. And once I wean him, I'm going to give him back to the Lord. Here's what it said. It said three years later, she presented Samuel to God and left him in the hands of the priest Eli. And it said she rejoiced in praise. And this is what it said. And I'm reading from the NAB translation because I took this excerpt out of the book. OK, it says my heart exalts in the Lord God. This is Hannah speaking. My horn is exalted in my God. I have swallowed up my enemies. I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord. There is no rock like our God. We're talking about the hope in love. The question I ask, how do we hope in something that has yet to manifest? How do we do it? Hannah gave us the blueprint. Because she used the wisdom of hope from the very beginning, even in her anguish, in her pain, her mindset was always in God. She always had hope in the true and living God. She knew that it was only God that could give life and open her womb. And as a result of that, her actions of or the method of hope was when she went to the temple of God and in prayer, her action was prayer. And in prayer, she was able to, to allow herself to be vulnerable. So much so that the man of God thought she was drunk. Listen, until you allow yourselves to be vulnerable to God, that it, if folks say you're too holy, if folks say you're crazy, you will still be crazy and pray and do whatever the father tells you to do. But the very last thing, when we look at love always hopes and through the story of Hannah, how she demonstrated hope and love, she looked at the humility of hope and the humility of hope is the heart. The heart exposes who we really are on the inside. It says she made a vow to give back to God that which she desired the most. And watch this. As a result, God heard her prayers and her heart was exposed to God. And guess what happened? Not only did she receive Samuel and when she went back 
to the to make the pilgrimage year after year with her family her and her husband would always go back and they would visit with their son they would visit with the son at the the temple and watch what god did he gave hannah womb he allowed hannah's womb to be opened yet again hannah bore later on she bore elkanai three sons and two daughters so god didn't just stop with samuel but because her hope was in god he increased her faith he increased her love offering to him he increased what she was able to leave into this world she was able to leave not only the legacy of a, a of a, a woman who once had a, a closed womb who was her son was a, a a mighty prophet used by god but she was able to leave a continuing legacy for her family for her husband so I pray today as a result of this word that you were encouraged to understand that hope, that the hope of love, that the hope in love, it says love always hopes in 2 Corinthians. That if you hope in the true and living God, even in the crucibles of life and trust who God is, that not only will he manifest that thing, he will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Hannah just was asking for one son, one, one child, and God gave her more than what she bargained for. I pray that as a result of this word, if you're, you're listening and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe you're at a hopeless point in your life. Maybe you feel like everything that you have experienced in life, there is no hope. Can I, can I share something with you? God is such a God. He says he loves us so much that nothing will ever separate us from his love. Man, there's hope in the Savior. There's hope in Jesus Christ. The word of God says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I pray for those of you who are listening. I'm telling you, you can be vulnerable with God and allow the spirit of God to come into your heart. He's waiting for you. And if you make that declaration right where you are, Get connected to a local church, a Bible teaching church, where they're teaching the word of God. And you can learn about baptism and being baptized in the, by the spirit of God. Amen. And I pray that for those of you who are listening, I thank God for you. If you're listening on the Podbean app, if you're listening on iTunes, I, I see I have listeners that are listening on many other uh platforms and I thank God for each and every one of you leave comments I, I see all of the comments that are being left on the Podbean app man that blesses me so much to hear your stories and to know how this podcast is is encouraging you amen and if you want to you can leave us an email at Kenya k-e-n-y-a-c williams ministries at yahoo.com leave a message share your 
your your uh, testimonies on what God is doing and how he's blessing you through this podcast. Or maybe you just want to share your story. Amen. And I thank God for each and every one of you. And I pray that through this podcast, you are blessed and that today in your life, wherever you may are, that you have hope in God, that nothing that you're facing is so hopeless that God can intervene. I love you. And I pray until we meet again next week that you are blessed, encouraged and inspired through the spirit of God. Love you and God bless each and every one of you. Amen.